Hello, I am Stephanie, and welcome to the Macabre Family Podcast. I am here today recording from RHQ, my house, <laughs> with my guest host for this haunted episode, Mikhail. He's back, everyone. The Hocus Pocus King. Wah, 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 bah, bah. <laughs> we will be talking about a place that I have never been to to sleep there, but I've gone to photograph many times. The Mount Washington Hotel in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. This beautiful hotel is located in the White Mountains. The White Mountains is probably one of my favorite places in New England to go. It's absolutely gorgeous. We have been as a family many, 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 many times. We've been up to Clark's Trading Post. We've been at Cannon Mountain on the tram. Are you going to add anything to this, Mikhail? Yes. Three, two or three times to Storyland. Uh, Red Jacket. Yeah. I feel like we've been more than that, though. Cog. No, no oh. not the Cog. No, I've been up the Cog. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. I got confused. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Um, I've been up on adventures, like, solo hiking and doing photography up there. I just love it. If I could live up there, I would. It's my favorite place in the whole world. <laughs> I want to go fishing. Yep, I'm fishing. I've been there all year long. <laughs> Had so much snow. So, let us begin our story about this beautiful hotel at the very beginning, before the hotel was even built. We start actually at the Mount Pleasant House in 1881. That's a very long time ago. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. That's more than 100 years. That's 100 and wait. That's like 140. Yeah, that's 140. Okay. I'm going to leave that in there, just in case he's wrong. <laughs> Joseph Stickney and his business partner, John Cunningham. Is that, did I say that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Bout, bought the Mount Pleasant house. In that, the time that Joseph owned the Mount Pleasant, he married a beautiful 25-year-old woman named Caroline Foster. When they married, Joseph was 52 years old. So, pretty old. <laughs> Compared to her. She's 25, he's 52. Is that why Fort Foster is named Fort Foster? No. When she married him, she changed her name to Stickney. They met at a dance down the road. Fort Foster's in Kittery. We're talking about Mount Washington. That's, I mean, I know that, it's that's, kind that's, of far, but I was thinking, like, I mean, it's one state away, but not full state, so, I mean, you never know. I guess. I'm, just, I'm leaving that in, too. <laughs> After 20 years of being part owner of Mount Pleasant, Joseph decided that he wanted to venture on his own and build the most grand hotel this country had ever seen. He had the money, as he was a savvy businessman, and made his fortune as a coal broker. So he made the decision in 1900 he would start work on his dream. He brought over 250 Italian stonemasons and hired Charles Allen Alling Gifford as the architect and broke ground on his dream hotel. What are you laughing at? Gilford. Oh, Gifford. Funny. Yeah, it did sound funny. <laughs> I'm sorry if somebody has the last name Gifford. Gifford. Yeah. Okay. In just two short years, the Renaissance Revival estate was finished, so it actually didn't take very long in the 1900s. It must be faster than they are today. I, I guess so. It was luxury from the ground up. So you're going to get a kick out of this. As luxury 
was it had one bathroom for each room with running hot and cold water. So that was luxury. In comparison to the hotel he previous owned, previously owned, the Mount Pleasant, which was considered luxury but only had one bathroom for every 50 rooms. 50? Yeah. Uh, I would never go there. But don't, this is in the 1800s. Uh, no, I'm not one to live in the 1800s. I guess not. <laughs> All the plaster work was hand done. They had windows made with Tiffany glass, which I'm sure you have no idea what Tiffany is. I'm going to guess really expensive glass. It's actually a jewelry company. Uh, I mean, I know that. I knew there was a Tiffany jewelry company. It is the little blue box. (laughs) Also, electricity was throughout the whole hotel. The founder of the company that brought the electricity to the hotel came to turn the lights on for the opening ceremony. Do you know who it is? I know you do, because we talked about it. We did. Oh, maybe you weren't there. It was Thomas Edison, everybody. Oh, oh, yes, we did talk about him. Yeah. Oh, How he actually didn't invent the light bulb? Did he stole the idea from somebody? You can learn that from Big Bang Theory. Here we go. <laughs> so when I say they put out all the stops for luxury, they sure did. Back in the 1900s. <laughs> Joseph wanted this hotel to be for the people from the city to come and breathe the fresh air, get away from the sickness and the smog from the big cities. It was a place to be seen and to see. So, to see and be seen. I said that backwards, but... Which, so, a place where they get, bring tourists up, and then it gets more counted. Well, back then, to get up here, you had to... It was a horse and carriage. Ooh, horses. Yeah, horse and carriage. So, actually, I'll talk about that in a minute. In July 1902, the doors opened. All in all... The hotel at the time cost $1.7 million to build. Do you see? Does that sound, like, expensive? Oh, uh, yeah, because that's about over $10 billion. No, today. it's not. Sorry, it's over <laughs> which, $10 million. Which, in 2021 money, is $30.5 million bucks. Sadly, though, less than a year after Joseph's dream came true, he passed away. Aww. So, a year later, he passed away. The hotel would survive for some time under the ownership of Joseph's wife, Carolyn. So, funny story. She hated automobiles. She hated them. She would, wouldn't let automobiles when they came up to the hotel. The only way to get to the hotel was with a horse and buggy. So she, she built a special horse and buggy port. So like a garage, but for the horse and buggy. And special quarters for the chauffeurs to stay in. Nice. She hate yeah. She did not like the automobile at all. Well, at least the lowly driving emissions. It, well, exactly. <laughs> she remarried a French prince and became Princess Carolyn. All the while, she made summer trips to New Hampshire to stay at the hotel and make sure everything was running pretty well. The whole staff loved her, even though she was a bit odd. Do you want to know why she was odd? And not something. Big is about that. <laughs> so, one of the things that made her in ev- the every man eyes odd, so the middle class, as we would say, she would only sleep in her own bed with her own furniture. So, she would bring her own four poster bed from the south of France where she stayed in the summer. Or in the winter, whatever, summer, I don't know. She would bring a four-poster bed from the south of France all the way to 
Because I bet Washington they'd set it up. Is that like Yaya's bed? Yeah, the yeah, four poster bed, yeah. Oh, Mokey, she got to bring all her stuff everywhere with her. Yeah, she did. And every night she would reserve a table for one in the dining hall, even though her room did come with a dining room set. Oh, that's cool. So Carolyn passed away in 1936. After she passed, the hotel started going downhill. A lot of it was due to prohibition. Do you know what that is? Yes, it's the alcohol thing, yeah. where they weren't allowed to drink. Okay. But people kept smuggling in. What were they called? Tunnels. Uh, Tunnels? You mean? Tunnels, that. No. Oh. Moonshiners? Oh, moonshiners. That's that was cool. That's um, how they started NASCAR, too. Oh, yeah, because they were... Oh, wait, isn't that the real mafia? The, the what? Didn't you say they were the real mafia? I thought you had said that to me, like... When <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. When mafia? You, yeah, that. <laughs> okay, I feel like I just made, said something really stupid, probably. No, you just said mafia. I had no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I mean mafia. So anyway... <laughs> The Mafia did. They were, uh, like, bootleggers. Yeah. Yes. I thought there was bootleggers so, tunnels, then. Maybe. Because I read books it, about it. In New York and stuff, the tunnels from the water to the bars. Mm. But, I mean, if you're in Tennessee and you've got to bring the moonshine to across state lines, they're not going to have a tunnel. No. <laughs> maybe just around, like, a town, but not across state lines. <laughs> I'm picturing, I don't know if anybody else is, tunnels just running all along the country. <laughs> Little moonshiners running through. I mean, through don't they that. have tunnels running around the country? Go for the president. Uh, no. You're making me laugh today. But don't they have... They don't have tunnels through the whole country. I mean, I thought they had tunnels... Like a bunker by... Yeah, where he, they yeah. were like really big though and long, I thought. I don't know how long it is. We'll never know. That's secret yeah, stuff. But it's not going to come to Maine. I'll tell you what. No. It's a little bunker underneath ground. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the hotel would eventually close its doors in 1942. Yeah. Pause. I just want to apologize for everyone on that little tangent we both just went on for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The belief is that World War Two was the final nail in the coffin. Um on the already struggling hotel. But the same reason would also help open the doors back up at the end of the war in 1944. This makes me want to go here just because it's haunted and bring that ghost thing back. The EMF? Yeah. So do you uh, know why it would, uh, the World War II would help it open back up? Because the falls, the soldiers. Okay, no. Uh, a Boston syndicate bought the hotel for shrimpy 450k. So this guy built the hotel for one point something million dollars, and then in 1944, somebody buys it for 450 thousand dollars. That's just a disgrace to the guy that paid over a million dollars. Well, <clears throat> which in today's money is only 6.7 million. So you know, chump change. <laughs> The Grand Hotel opened back up to take visitors. At the end of the war, they took very important visitors for a very important meeting. Bum, bum, bum. Is it about D-Day? What? Do you only know, like, certain, like, words about World War Two? 
D-Day, Schindler's List, Save Your Fire Running. Is that about it? Yeah. Holocaust. <laughs> I mean, I know about the Holocaust. I know about the... the, the I don't know how to say it. The Death March. Know about that. Uh-huh. Okay. So, no. This has nothing to do with D-Day. Okay. The world... Yes, that's right. The world's economic leaders would come to the Mount Washington Hotel to handle the international money situation. It was called the Bretton Woods Monetary Conference. They established the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. 44 diplomats from around the world set the price of gold at $35 an ounce, essentially establishing the U.S. dollar as a spine for global exchange. You look so confused. So is it like the who? What? The World Health Organization? Yeah, but for banks? So like, this was... Everybody got together at that. Yeah. And decided what would happen money-wise after the war. Yeah, that's... Is it like... What... Is it like the World Health Organization, but as a World Bank Organization? Kind of. Hmm, okay. So they went after the war because... Germany caused the war. Yeah. And all this stuff happened that had to be fixed. Yeah. They had to figure out how, who would pay, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Did Germany pay? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Everybody, everybody pays. Every, the whole, the whole thing is taken care of. So, I have lived in New England nearly all my life, leaving only for two years to live in West Chicago. So, on that note, I have never known that in the 40s, after the war, our little neck of the woods held such an important meeting. I had no idea. Being as obsessed with World War II as I am and all I like to learn about it now, I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't know that <laughs> that happened. Hey, didn't you go on a sailboat for like two months? And then didn't you go to San Diego and Hawaii? Okay, I lived in Chicago. Oh, that's, yeah, never mind, sorry. Okay, you're telling my whole life story to these people. <laughs> the hotel since the reopening has gone through many changes. In total, it has been about $80 million in renovations and expansions. I know it's a lot. Adding 50,000 square foot bonus complex with a spa and conference center. In 1986, it became a national historic landmark. And the biggest change, personally, would say that in 1999 it opened for the winter in the first time. So, from 1902 to 1999 it would close every winter. So, like any normal hotel that would be in Mount Washington? Well, we went up to a hotel in the winter. That's true. I meant, like, the <laughs> seasonal ones then. Like, well, yeah, seasonal would be okay. Like, closing. if they're really close to the top, they would close, I'm gonna guess. I don't, I wouldn't. It, would you if you were I mean, right to um, the top near if you were right at the top near ski resorts where people like to go skiing and all those tourists that like ski right at the top because there's the hotel were, at the top and no like close to the top though like really close because there's no they're not going to be people getting up there to like yeah well, funny enough yeah Mick uh, they do tours up to the top of Mount Washington in the winter I saw the close the cane and all those roads going up there like, the cake yeah that. Kegamagus Highway. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't close it? We've driven up it in the winter. Oh. I thought we did in the summer. I'm getting confused here. Oh, my gosh. They closed Bear Road. Oh, that's what it was then, probably. Okay. No, the Kegamagus is open. 
Okay. We went there in the winter. Oh, cool. When we went and stayed uh, up north in the winter. Oh, cool. It went out to breakfast and everything. Oh, the railroad place? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Now, the real reason we are here to talk about the, uh, the ghosts in the hotel. Because many consider this the most haunted hotel in America. In 2008, the show Ghost Hunters went there as the first ever team to do a full investigation. Uh, now, I had to search high and low to find the video of this. It is streaming nowhere. I couldn't find it on any app. And I couldn't even find it on YouTube. I actually found it on some weird site that wasn't on English. Thankfully, the video was English, and thankfully, I don't have any viruses on my computer now. <laughs> but <clears throat> during the investigation, they did find some evidence. So, fun fact that I found from the video that I didn't know, and, and I didn't see in any of my research, was that above the dining hall, there's like a little attic area, and there is actually a wall that anybody that works there signs, they call it the Wall of Names, and as they're investigating, I think, what is his name? two guys. Grant and the other guy. I don't know. I can't think of What's it. What's his name? The other guy? The other guy. The other guy. Um, they were reading some of the names and some of them dated back all the way to 1906. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. As they were in the South Tower, also known as the Old Employee Quarters, there have been reports of full body apparitions, heaviness felt in the chest, and people feel like somebody's walking past them. Like, you know, when you somebody walks past, you can feel like an air? Yeah. Um, while the ghost hunter team was up there, they uh, heard footsteps, which they were able to re catch on the recording device. <laughs> yeah. The place with the most activity, though, is room number 314, which is Princess Carolyn's old room. The room which is still has her original bed and furniture. The bed I said that she would bring everywhere with her. That bed is there. And her furniture. Oh, did she die there? I don't know where she died. Well, I mean, the not, furniture Not in the she... bed. I don't think there. She didn't die in the hotel, but yeah. when she did pass, the, they got her old bed. Oh, that's why. Okay. So, in this room, many people have witnessed a female apparition sitting on the edge of a bed, the bed brushing her hair. While the Ghost Hunters team was there, they did an EVP session and was able to get responses from their questions. The uh, ghost team said asked princess are you here and the response was from a woman's voice that said hello is someone there then they asked princess can you let us know you are here the same woman's voice responded with of course i'm in here where are you this was about all the evp evidence the team ended up getting like i said they did get the footsteps and grant got the cobweb sensation where it felt like he walked through a cobweb but nothing was there and a few other weird things. A piece of glass fell with nowhere it could have came from. They couldn't figure it out. It didn't go with any of the glass um, around where they were. So my thoughts are it definitely is haunted just from watching that video. But we also have a couple ghost encounters we're going to read directly from employees um, of the place. They're all anonymous, though. So... I will read one, and Mikhail will be reading one as well. On more than one occasion, I would be walking in the main lobby and would see out of the corner of my eye what seemed to be a lady looking out over the mezzanine? 
Mezzanine. Mezzanine. Each time I would glance up and the image was gone, but a lot of employees and guests have had the same experience. We all agree it was Princess Carolyn, who was married to Joseph Stickney. Alright, a different employee said, As I walked into the ballroom late one evening, on a night where there was no performance, I heard a faint sound of an orchestra playing. I thought a rehearsal was going on, and I went to see who it was. There was no one there. No one. As I walked away from the side of the stage, the lights suddenly went out and the music got louder. It was surreal and very, very scary. I ran to the light switch and saw that it had been turned off. I turned it back on and the lights went on for a second, then the switch turned down on its own. The entire time the music kept playing. I ran out and found security and told them what happened. They went to the investigate and found nothing. No music, no problem, and no problem with the lights. So, what a lot of people say they hear um, in the um, big ballroom is music will be playing. As I just said, um, people will witness a woman standing at the top of the stairs, dressed in period clothing, and also in princess's room, the princess room, number 314, they will see a woman sitting on the edge of the bed. She will be brushing her hair or she'll just be looking. People that stay in the room said they feel people touching their feet or feel like they're being, have somebody walk past them. So I must definitely want to stay at this hotel tonight. I want to stay in there so bad now. Especially in the princess room. I hope you all love the story of the haunted hotel, which was not the inspiration for The Shining, by the way. That is a myth. <laughs> Don't forget to check out all our other episodes. And make sure to tell your friends and families pretty please. Email us with suggestions and follow us on Instagram. There you go. Thank you all again for all the support and all the love. We love you. Our macabre.